welcome to ABA Suit, and we are your hosts. I'm Charlene Chang. And my name is Joshua Rivera. Last week, we discussed a little bit about what reinforcers and punishers are. So, continuing on that topic, what are we going to be talking about this week, Charlene? We're going to be talking about the sunlight diet and why you don't need food. In fact, you've been conditioned to like food. Just it's, Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all a government line. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just kidding. We'll be talking about what makes something reinforcing. Okay. So the definition of a positive reinforcement in Applied Behavior Analysis by Cooper, Heron, and Hayward is defined as when a type of behavior is followed by reinforcement, there will be an increased future frequency of that type of behavior. All right. So I am the common man. What does that mean to me? It just means that behavior goes up. Oh, behavior goes up. Okay, so if something happens after my behavior and it's good for me or, you know, pleasant, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Well, the thing is, it doesn't have to be good for you for you to keep doing it. You can be reinforced without realizing you're being reinforced. Right. And this is called the automaticity of reinforcement. Okay. Yep, so now that we have that out of the way we have the components of reinforcement. So there are three components. The first is the immediacy of the reinforcer. So how immediate was the reinforcer after you displayed that behavior? Right. The second is the what, what we call a discriminative stimulus. You can think of that as a signal that reinforcement is available to you, but the second component also means when, when you engage in the behavior, what else is happening around you? What signals do you typically have around you that give you the reinforcement? Right. And then the third is the motivating operations. So the more motivated you are, the more likely you will look for the availability of reinforcement, also known as the SD or the discriminative stimulus, to engage in that behavior. Right. So immediacy then in this sense is when the behavior occurs, how quickly the consequence comes afterward impacts how likely that is to become either a reinforced or punished behavior, right? How likely you are to associate. Right. Or it will be neutral because if it's not that immediate, it may not bring a connection to make it either a reinforcer or a punisher it will neither increase nor decrease your behavior okay so yeah today we'll be mostly talking about reinforcers there are three types of categories that reinforcers fall into we'll be mostly using the example of a primary reinforcer so a primary reinforcer are things that have biological reinforcing qualities like water, sleep, shelter, and food. So for example, if a kid keeps crying for a candy bar, how fast is their parent going to give it to them? And if the parent gives it to them pretty fast, they're more likely to cry for a candy bar in the future. Yeah, exactly. This is just going back to what I was saying about immediacy. There, there's so many behaviors that occur every day um, where you can go ahead and kind of get instant karma in the sense that as soon as your behavior is elicited or done, the consequence comes right away. If I if I start eating a lot and like a lot a lot, it doesn't really connect with me and I'm sure a lot of people have this issue too where if you eat a lot a lot, you know, and you just kind of keep doing that and the weight accumulates slowly. It's hard to to see in the moment like, oh man, if I keep eating this much, I'm about to gain 50 pounds. But COVID has made that abundantly clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like the automaticity of reinforcement at play. The reinforcing connection doesn't need to be obvious for the reinforcer to be reinforced. Obviously, this is the more jargon-heavy way to say it, but you've provided an, an example that helps explain that. In layman's terms, despite gaining weight, it's not enough of an immediate punishment compared to the reinforcing 
increasing quality of food of satiating hunger or the immediate taste of food and because of that well your gaining weight is a side effect to the reinforcement it doesn't really increase your behavior of eating because you're gaining weight you're not like Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gaining, I'm gaining weight. That's yeah. why I want to eat more. Exactly. No, I was thinking more of this in a Punisher sense or, you know, just really in uh, whether or not this is going to become a behavior that's reinforced or punished in any sense. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to eat a bunch of food right away. Because you gain the immediate reinforcement of the taste. Exactly. The satisfaction. That makes, Yeah. And then so then the delayed punishment. Sure enough, if there was an alarm that went off every time, like, in my vicinity that said, hey, idiot, you just gained a pound, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, uh, I'm going to slow down at the all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant. I think, like, that's unrealistic. Obviously, there's no instant alert for those kinds of things, but you could go ahead and be instantly punished in, in some other cases. I, I, I don't know why my first thought went to, like, lying, if someone knows that you're lying and you go ahead and lie to them anyways and they just go ahead and call you out right then and there, you're unlikely to do that same lie to that person again. In the same sense, as soon as you do something good, the quicker that it's connected that whatever behavior you, you did, not, not even good, just whatever behavior you did will increase the likelihood of that behavior happening, the quicker that that consequence is delivered means it's more likely to occur in the future. That behavior will repeat itself in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And back to your example about eating, you gain immediate reinforcement of the taste and, you know, the long-term consequence can be punishing. Yeah, so we can look at that situation too with all the three components of reinforcement, right? So the first one is the immediacy. You eat and you gain an immediate satisfaction towards the taste and your fulfillment of appetite. Right. The second component is the SD or the signal. So the signal you see is the food, mm -hmm. right? So when you see food, you see that there is an availability a signal yeah exactly and then the third is the role of motivation so the more motivated you are perhaps you're hungry or stressed the more likely you'll look for that signal of the food yeah yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about the second one the signal about the availability of food you know we see it kind of everywhere in society where if we're driving say down the street and we see a restaurant i, I'm, I, I didn't know i didn't want to get like trademarked right here and say like McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, you can say yeah, McDonald's. I yeah. I mean, I don't, everybody knows I McDonald's. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to get copyright striked by, <laughs> by McDonald's for mentioning them. But say you're driving down the street and you see McDonald's and that signals to you if, if your motivation is high enough to go and say, oh, you know what? Uh, a burger does sound good. I'm going to go ahead and drive off to the side right here because now I know that that food is available thanks to this signal that I've associated, you know, the McDonald's sign. It's, it's hard to eat food in an empty room. So we can take this time to think about these components of reinforcement and how we can really think about our behaviors that coincide with them. So for your example with eating, right, you can manipulate the immediacy of the reinforcer, the food, by having it farther away from you. So for your example of McDonald's or any restaurant, <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, like, you could try living further away from any of your vices, but that's probably not realistic. But you can delete the McDonald's app on your phone, and that will make it harder to get access to it. Yeah, you could just navigate a different road. You could do, there's a lot of things that you can go ahead and do to signal that this isn't available right, right now. And another way to address this is by giving yourself a replacement behavior. I think this is where most people fail to give themselves a replacement behavior that is maintainable. People often start off too difficult on themselves, you know, telling yourself that you're going to eat right. broccoli in your fridge instead of McDonald's isn't going to work. Sure, you have the immediacy of broccoli, but none of the satisfying function. If you're trying to quit McDonald's, it's better to start by going to the grocery store and buying frozen fries, burgers, and nuggets. You'll have to prepare it, but at the same time, it's physically closer to you and it's healthier for you. I think this is where the motivation comes in then, because if you're, if you're motivated for a burger, you, you got to put into account how much you're going to be interested in getting a burger versus eating something else versus like making your own burger. Obviously, whenever these factors come into play, we think of terms of deprivation and satiation. If I've eaten McDonald's recently, I'd like to say that I'm not going to do it again, <laughs> but, but I'm less likely to just go full supersize me and eat McDonald's every single day. Oh, good thing that became illegal yeah right <laughs> <laughs> did it like oh what? it was removed from the menu like super size oh the super size was removed i thought you were talking about going to mcdonald's three times a day i was like how are they gonna know <laughs> like <laughs> don't no. don't stop me <laughs> no have you seen the movie the documentary super size me it was because of that that they've removed the mm -hmm. super size yeah. size so anyways the the thing is is that if i've had mcdonald's once today I'm unlikely to go back and eat that again and eat that every single day because my, my satiation has kicked in. I've eaten this McDonald's burger, it's what I craved, and now it's settled. Uh, I guess as an adult it's easier to do that, but that's something that you obviously have to tempt, uh, temper over years. Right. With regards to your eating situation is the Mine. signal. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was your situation. You don't... <laughs> The situation that you gave. Yeah. You kind of have to just see what you can and can't manipulate with your environment. Yeah, exactly. So then we have the last component, the role of motivation. What's the function here? Are you hungry? Are you stressed? Are you trying to procrastinate on a project or errands you have to do? Knowing the real function behind your behavior is how you can provide yourself with an actual replacement behavior because you craving McDonald's may not actually be because you're hungry at all. Yeah, there's a thing that I think about often with like picky eaters and stuff like that. Picky eaters have never known actual starvation and it's because if you were truly motivated enough to eat something you would eat whatever it doesn't matter if it was broccoli flavored carrots it's <laughs> it, like your your kid or you know whoever it is if you were so hungry to the point that anything is is edible you're going to eat it um this is that's just kind of like a little anecdote that i think about here I think, uh, I'm sorry, I'm also thinking uh, of a pop culture reference here. Have you ever seen American Horror Story? Yeah. Yeah, so do you know that the season with uh, Lady Gaga and the vampires? Uh -huh. And so those, like, vampires come out uh, when they discover that they've been, like, locked away for 100 years or something like that. And as soon as they come out, they just rapidly eat someone. Um, and it's absolutely disgusting and then when they find the bodies they're like oh whoever ate this was not a cultured vampire this is someone who was dying of starvation 
And... Oh, these uncultured <laughs> vampires. <laughs> Spoilers for whatever season of American Horror Story that is. <laughs> so I think we can stop right here. As a review, we've covered what makes something reinforcing, what a primary reinforcer is, and what the three components to a reinforcer are. We'll cover this topic further into other types of reinforcers, such as secondary and generalized reinforcers later. Cool. Well, on behalf of ABA Soup, I'm Joshua Rivera. And I'm Shirlene Chang. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening and hanging out with us, and we'll see you in the next episode. 